In today's episode, we're speaking to Amanda Holmes. Amanda is the CEO of Chat Homes International, a company which has assisted over 200,000 businesses to grow over the last 25 years. She is the daughter of a renowned sales expert, Chat Holmes, and she inherited the business at 24 years old after her father unexpectedly passed away. Amanda has since doubled CHI's clients over the last two years in a row. Let's speak to Amanda and find out how she changed her life by working on a mindset. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today we have the pleasure and the honor, and I'm super, super excited to be speaking to Amanda Holmes. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. We have been trying to get, get you on the show for a while now. So finally, we're here. We're doing this live, which is amazing. So Amanda, everyone's heard the intro and everyone knows how amazing you are. But in your own words, can you tell everybody what it is that you do? We assist companies to double their sales. We have 12 core competencies on how to do that. Fabulous. Very short and succinct in terms of what you do. So Amanda, tell us, talk us through your journey. I mean, you didn't wake up one day and decide that's what you want to do. So how did you end up, you know, running such a successful business? You have all these accolades and such high achievements, which is amazing for a woman, you know, who's so young. But how did it start with you? And what made you come into sales in the first place? It's not something you normally think about as a young girl, do you? Right. So I was a singer-songwriter. Oh, wow. My fourth record uh, in college. And then my father became ill. And so I dedicated that year and a half of his journey with cancer to finding a cure. We went to every kind of alternative under the sun. Um, That's how I met my guru. I study under an Indian guru. Mm. Um, And he unfortunately passed away. It was nine years ago Mm. uh, at this point. And I. Thank you. I, at that point, there was no plan for me to take over. I was a singer. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. So they gave me an honorary title of chairwoman and uh, there were, you know, a couple hundred staff, all double, triple my age because we're, you know, a world-class consulting firm. Yes. Yes. uh, Coaching and consulting. Mm -hmm. And then over about two years, I kept watching and looking and hiring different C-suites. And ultimately, I stepped in as CEO about seven years ago. Mm. And here we are. So wow. not expected at all, but um, quite quite a beautiful journey as I look back now. It was horrific at first, but much better now. So, I mean, how did you, you know, to go from, I mean, it's a completely different mindset, completely different understanding of how the world works and how business works. Because, you know, people like to see, you know, even people with business degrees struggle to run a successful business, especially one that's already established with the name, with a, your your father's name at that. And he has his left legacy behind and he's like the godfather of, you know, of, of, of sales, especially copywriting. I know that he's an amazing, amazing individual. But how did you, you know, how did you actually, you know, feel or how did you convince yourself or how did you build up the mindset to be able to step in 
and take, you know, take charge because you spend two years trying to hire other people. At what point did you think, okay, no, I can do this and I should do this. And how did you come into yourself? Because there's a lot of self-doubt that comes in managing 200 people when you're like in your early twenties, how did you, yeah. you know, come into yourself? How did you overcome those obstacles? So originally it was actually, so I, I believe wholeheartedly in having a teacher or someone to yeah. guide you a yeah. coach. So I have a guru. Mm-hmm. She looked at me and said, Amanda, you have to step in. And I looked at her and went, I don't think so. <laughs> that's, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> right. But a truly great teacher will find the places where your biggest potential could be yes. and they assist yes. to guide you there. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, over the years, she just kept saying, it's time for you to step in. And I just kept saying, no way. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely crazy. Uh, and I started with a lot of questions, mm-hmm. just trying to better understand what was happening. And everybody kept saying, Hey, you're asking the right questions. Keep asking. They could tell that I was understanding what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, I think what threw me over the edge, to be honest with you, I last minute decided to go climb Kilimanjaro. Okay. In Africa. okay. It was the largest freestanding mountain for those mm-hmm. that don't know. Um, it's one of my staff, we were at an event and he's like, Hey, you want to go climb with me? And I'm like, yeah, when is it? He said, Oh, Tuesday. It was Thursday at the time. I'd never oh, wow. done any hiking before. And he's like, yeah, you'll be fine. I'm like, okay. So I show up in Africa. Okay. Monday, Tuesday. And I realized that it's 19,384 feet up in the air. Uh, crazy high, right? Yeah. And when I first looked at it, I thought that is completely insurmountable. There's no way I can get to the top of this. And I had extreme altitude sickness. So it actually made me very ill from day one. Oh. Um, and okay. when I, when I finally did summit, I realized that every difficult feat just takes one step at a time. So when I came back from Africa, that was like, you know, seven days of trekking on foot. I, that's when I let go of the current uh, person that was in that spot and I stepped in. Wow. I mean, it literally is a metaphor for what you did in your business. Exactly the same thing. And the sickness that you had, the altitude sickness can be, can be represented by the sickness in your stomach thinking about, oh my God, how do I manage 200 people, uh, you know, who have more expertise and who have more seniority and who are twice my age and how do I become their boss? Uh, that's probably, I can imagine as a young child, no, young child but yeah, as a young woman having that thought in my mind. Um, if I was in your place so it makes sense but it's such a wonderful metaphor and I mean I'm, I'm still flabbergasted how did you climb the mountain without any prior training without any uh, understanding without the nutritional stuff I mean it, it's how <laughs> that's a miracle well, in itself I was very active I had just gone through my yoga teacher training I was okay. practically competitive in salsa dancing so ah. I was actually working out. But the thing that they don't tell you is that with altitude sickness, it's actually a lack of breath that causes the altitude sickness. So smokers do really well with altitude sickness because they're used to their breath being uh, very shallow. Whereas me, I'm a trained singer. I I just got gotten through yoga training, you know, breath to me is everything. So the fact that my breathing was constrained, it was the worst thing ever for me. I take very long, deep breaths. So, wow. Okay. So, wow. So what a metaphor. And so once you came back and you stepped into this role of the CEO for your company, what was the first day like? What went through your head on day one? Like, oh, bloody hell, what have I done? 
That is so funny that you say that because the first week was just absurd. So within the first 48 hours, I got served papers for a lawsuit. Uh, then the, the gentleman, one of my staff had told my merchant services uh, company that they didn't think that I could run the ship. So they froze all of our accounts. So I couldn't pay any of the staff on payroll. Uh, then after that, that was like day three. Day four, um, one of my staff comes to me and goes, Amanda, we need to decide which CRM we want to do. We've paid for Salesforce for the last five months, but at the moment, we don't really know if we should go to that one or we should stay with our current CRM. And I'm like, what's a CRM? You know, what's an emergent services? <laughs> like, I'm like having no idea what any of these things are. So I learned very quickly, uh, as my CFO used to say, baptism by fire was quite the interesting experience. My my guru was a huge part of this, again, because uh, Divine Bliss International is a nonprofit. I would go to these places and just kind of connect back to the earth, connect back to myself. They have a community garden. So I spent a lot of time in the garden just trying to center myself and coming back to this idea that in giving we receive and it's about service and taking myself out of the scenario and just being focused on how can I serve my staff? How can I serve our clientele? How can I, you know, assist my family, all of this. Uh, so when it didn't, when I took myself out of the equation, it was much easier. Isn't that funny? So you're pretty much saying you took yourself out your way and things began to fall into place. That's probably one of the, the teachers of law of attraction, that you have to move out your own way. A lot of the obstacles in your way or in your path are placed by yourself, by your thinking, by your own limitations. When you move yourself out of the way, and you did that through meditation, through going in and, you know, kind of grounding. But I'm, I'm a big believer of grounding. I think nature well, I think can really help us. Absolutely. Yeah, she's the quickest healer for sure, mm. Mother Nature. But I, I think also, not only is it that we get in our own way, but that we are focused on what can I do for me? How can I generate the money that I need because I want money? It, hmm. I, it was all about how can I let go of the ego with me, within me and just come from a place of serving. And in this place of service, I decided that we needed to double our prices because I wasn't serving our clients appropriately because they weren't valuing what they were getting because yeah. of the price, right? So hmm. things became to started to really flow. I mean, I did quite a lot of serious stuff to get into the right uh, mindset. I don't know if you want to go down that route, but I think we will. I think that's a, that's a topic that we definitely want to discuss, but more likely to be in the money talkies. But I, you know, I'm intrigued to see, you know, your mindset and in how you overcame it. And I love, I love that, that the idea that, you know, you, I always say this, if you're running after money, you're always going to be running because money will, will run away from you. When you focus on service, when you focus on, okay, what can I do? How can I help you? And, you, and the only way to get money is to provide a solution to someone's problems, either through your products or your services. If you focus on finding solutions and helping people, money follows you, money chases you. And this is the this is a universal thing that I think anybody who's successful can, can sort of tell that. Unfortunately, when you're first starting out, money is scarce and there's not much of it, especially in your bank accounts. So people tend to focus on money and run after money. This is unfortunately the, the kind of, you know, they put the, the, cart, uh, the, the, the cart before the horse and it doesn't really work out. But I'm always intrigued and in saying, how does someone, you know, who has just lost, um, you know, who's lost a father not too long ago, two years is not a long, uh, long enough period. So you, you're still in the grieving period, okay, not um, immediately, but still two years is very, very early. My mom passed away 21 years ago, and it's still a, a sore point for me. 
you have this uh, multi-million um, dollar company, which is now with uh, 200 employees on your shoulders. You are trying to learn on the job, even if you don't, if you don't know what the CRM is. That's just the basic thing for, of, of internet, of uh, or online marketing. Like everybody knows what that is, right? So if you're if you're asking questions like that, six, you know, a, a few days into it, which means you really were le- le- learning the job on the job. So how did you keep yourself sane? And I know you, I, I see you've mentioned you you speak to your guru. Now, I think that's a great point to start because I think you need to have mentors. If you don't have mentors, you um, can lose your way. So would you say that most of your success early on was due to the fact that you had a mentor who doesn't have to know what's going on in your business, but was able to show you spiritually, emotionally, and guide, help you guide through from there and work out you know, what you need to do and how you need to center your energy and really focus on you so you can become the best version of yourself in order to serve your clients. What do you think? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. My father's legacy wouldn't be here today without the assistance of the nonprofit and my guru and just getting my head in a space to be able to progress because the grief is overwhelming. Yes. The rest of my family, you know, so shocked. My father was the kind of person where when he walked in a room, he filled it. He was a very big personality. So that void was, was very large. It's a, it was also finding my own path as well was a pretty big, uh, part and still continues to be every day, you know, Mm -hmm. to honor those that have come before us. Yes. And then also to acknowledge what is happening now in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And then to be able to indicate where we need to innovate that flows with who we are as a person, because the way that my father ran his company is different than the way that I run my company now. And it, it had to become my own. And I think that's why 60% of second generation businesses fail is because it's so difficult to make something that's already established your own business. So that would be my next question. How did you, and this is the thing I discussed with you off camera, how did you step into the limelight, you know, and not be overshadowed by your father's legacy? Because he was a giant of a man, an amazing person. People still, you know, read his books and stuff like that, because he has such an amazing legacy they left behind. And to step in and then make it your own, because you have. You've made the company your own. So beautifully, my dad, I think that's just a, a you know, hats off to you, especially the fact that you didn't know what you were starting off with. That's, that's something I didn't know before. Uh, that's amazing. Um, but it's just how do you work on yourself on a daily basis to say, OK, now my father was amazing, but this is what I'm going to go and this is how I'm going to do it. How do you talk to yourself every day? How do you convince yourself? What's your daily rituals? What, what, what was the what was going on in your mind and database? Because what you're saying to us is amazing and it looks fabulous from, from the outside point of view. But I know it seems and it sounds easy, but it wasn't. So how did a young woman, you know, with the aid of a mentor, but how did you work on yourself on a daily basis to, to do, you know, to work on yourself, convince yourself, okay, this is it, I can do this. And then go into the office and perform because in front in front of your colleagues, well, they weren't your employees, they, they were employees, but even if you treat them as colleagues, you can't show your weakness to them. 
you can't show your vulnerability to them. You have to show you're the leader. You have to act like the leader. It doesn't matter of your age, your experience, whatever. If you're the leader, you have to act like one. How did you do that? How did you go ahead and become the captain of the ship and you know, make sure it doesn't sink. It actually became very, very successful instead. And you did something which is really, really scary for most businesses, doubling your price. <gasps> that's unheard of. That's no, no, that's no, that's a way to kill your business. How did you have the gumption, that, well, strength and courage to actually decide? And then the gumption to stick there. Now we're going to double our price. We've been doing this. So talk me through there. You know, where was your thinking and how did you convince yourself? Which part do you want to, are we talking about the business side, like the strategies and tactics? Or are we talking no, about, I'm talking own? about, I'm talking about your mindset, I, the business okay. side of it, we'll talk about some other time. Okay. I'm more interested in you, in yes, your sir. mindset, in how okay. did you speak to yourself? Cause I think most of the, most of our battles are within ourselves, the strategies, the methodologies, they are universal and people can work those out. It's the actual convincing ourselves part, which most people fail in. And that's where they struggle with. So I'm going to, I'm going to back up a moment too, because one of the huge, one of the biggest reasons why I didn't want to step into my father's company was because he died at 55. Wow. Very young, very, very, very young. And I looked at that and went, if I step in, it's like, I'm stepping into his grave right next to him. That was my biggest worry. I just flashes of him sitting in the hospital and watching his body deteriorate over time. And the the look in his eyes as he's dying and the mortality is coming over him, right? These, these are the images, not the prettiest of images that were coming through my head before stepping in. And it was, again, the guidance of my mentor where she just would look at me and say, you can do it another way. There's another approach. So one of the things that I did, which was really extreme, I know you said maybe later, but I shaved my head and this was, I did for five years. So, uh, Guruji had said, if you want to truly go on this pathway, you have to let go of the expectations of what everyone else thinks of you. And you have to be true to yourself and yourself first and to be fully committed to being in that best version of yourself, to be surrendered, to connect to what I would call, or what you taught me, a, a higher self. Yeah. Your higher um, self. So yeah. free from the emotional baggage and just connected to a logical uh, ability to discern and make decisions based on your own inner knowledge. Right. So one of the practices that I did on a daily basis was I shaved my head in the morning. Like, and wow. this was, yeah. Th- I mean, this, I was an extreme scenario, right? It was, yeah, that is. and for, for females, that's a yes. huge, huge thing. Yes. yes. It's a, I mean, tied into your whole identity, right? So here absolutely. I am. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, so that's much more extreme. It's hard for people to, to say, okay, so I need to shave my head. That's not what it was about. It was about committing to myself every day when I looked in the mirror that I was going to be connected to the light within me, that I would be a conduit of that positivity. Please guide me so that I can do that in light and love. That was my intention. That was one of the things I did as a commitment. And then, I mean, little things like right before you go to bed and right after you've woken up, your brain is in beta mode. The waves of your brain are more receptive to take in information than at any other time in the day, other than maybe while you're sleeping. Right. Mm -hmm. So during those 
short bits of time, I would do different forms of meditation. So one of them, I would look at a candle and I would just repeat a mantra over and over again, Mm -hmm. something positive, you know, like I'm connected to the light within me and just repeat that for 30 minutes. Right. Uh, when I wake up reading, reading scripture for me, I read the Gita. So there's that daily practice. Um, but then a serious commitment to that (laughs) because, I mean, I could have died over the expectation of what everybody was thinking and instead just, no, I am going to innovate this and I'm going to find a way to do it uh, the way that utilizes my best skill set. Wow. Wow. And I did not know this. That is phenomenal. That, and that takes a lot of commitment and that, and this is where I want to highlight it's your commitment to yourself yes. and your commitment to connecting to your higher self in order for you to serve your people, your clients, your, your employees, the people around you to the best of your ability, not from your ego self, but from your higher self. And I think that's so commendable, Amanda. Uh, you have the, the utmost respect for me because I know what kind of commitment that requires. And the superficial act of, you know, people say, oh, well, this is shaving your head. I know what that sacrifice entails because I, I mean, I, I do a lot of spiritual practices myself. So I understand that. I don't think I would have the courage to do that myself. So I know when I'm standing in your, in your feet, it's not just the shaving your head. It's that sacrifice and that commitment to my ego's here. I am here and I'm going to do this on a daily basis so that I become the best possible medium for divine energy to work through me in order to help all the people on the planet that can I can serve through this physical body while I'm here on the planet that's basically your 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 mantra behind it and your point behind it and I respect that and I love and adore that I think and this is why you have the success that you have that you deserve it it's not the strategies and the mess they may be great but there's most of them can be downloaded anyway from device energy to be honest when you connect to your higher self and intuition so that's not the conversation another time so I, I do that all the time so I know that works it's getting to the point the hard part is what you've done and this is what people need to understand when we say you're in your own way your ego's in the way and your commitment to connecting to your higher self on a daily basis maybe a bit too extreme on your side I think that was an extreme thing I can't do but I commend you because I, I'm just so I'm, I'm I'm blown away I'm so impressed with that. thank you so much for sharing that Amanda I'm so 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 happy to hear that so well I think I think a takeaway for those that are listening is a very simple thing um intention is everything so my father had the most brilliant strategies for marketing and sales. I mean, in the top 10 most recommended sales books of all time at this point. So yeah, it is. But the difference that I have learned is that it is in the intention in which you take each step. So all of those strategies and tactics worked for him brilliantly, but there was still this feeling of, I have to prove myself because he came from nothing. Yeah. And, and there was this, you know, determination, but it was also kind of stripped in with anger and greed and expectations and, you know, these desires. And it was that pressure that caused him to leave so early. So I look at these things and I go, okay, if I can just shift just a millimeter and do the same strategies and tactics that are proven, but instead I do them in gratitude, I do them in service. I do them in humbleness, just that minor shift. So before a meeting, what if you just sat down and took three deep breaths and said, I'm committed to work from my higher self because the higher self will not get into angry bashes with everyone around them, right? The higher self won't go into depression and the pits of despair, right? The higher self is this 
beautiful place that everyone wants to be, right? So if we just set an intention, even at the beginning of every day, I would love it to see it at the beginning of every meeting. And with my trainings, I actually do a, just a 60 second reset where I just ask everybody, come up with your intention because we are intentional. We are stepping out of the overwhelm. We're stepping into clarity and focus. And I don't care how big of a company I make them sit and close their eyes and take deep breaths because we're so busy that we're forgetting to be in the now. And in the now we find answers, right? Rather than just being in reactive mode. Exactly. Living in the present moment is so, so important, but you can only do that if you are connected to your higher self and your purpose. And most importantly is that you have the right intention there and then. Otherwise, I think most people are living in the past or in the future. They are not in the present moment. And when you lose the present moment, you lose everything because the future hasn't happened and the past is already gone. And we've heard, we, we hear, read these things in books. We hear these things from our mentors, yet we don't understand the, the importance and, and adapt into our life. And I think you've just done that beautifully. I love that. I love that. And I think this is important. Um, one of the best takeaways from today's um, episode from today would be to have the right intentions. It doesn't matter what you do. But on that note, we're going to... Yeah. And if you want to get into the present, the next time you say, I'm not in the present, take three deep breaths. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Wonderful. So that note, we're going to wrap up. Uh, thank you so much for being with us today, Amanda. We have to have you back on Money Talkies. But for now, tell us, how can we connect with you, Amanda? Or how can we find out more about what it is that you do? Yes. Um, as far as online, I'm over, I've, I'm everywhere, but I spend most of my time on Instagram. And my name is Amandita. Holmes there, like my salsa name, because Amanda Holmes was taken. <laughs> and then uh, on the business side, you can pick up Ultimate Sales Machine. You can get chapter four for free. So you don't even awesome. have to pay for that. Wonderful, wonderful. So the links that Amanda just mentioned, if you're, if you're listening to us on the podcast, then in the show notes, we'll have all her links. And if you're watching this on YouTube, then down below in the description section, again, we'll have all her links. Do go check her out. She is an amazing kick-ass lady and she has a fabulous company. Obviously, we'll, we'll have the links for all of that too. Thank you so much for being such an amazing guest, Amanda. We will see you very soon in my talkies. Thank you. And thank you for listening to me and Amanda today on Friday Feature. I will be back on another Friday Feature with another amazing guest sharing their life story and finding out how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.